0: Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 261, and today we're going to take a look at what is called municipal solid waste. So this kind of applies to everybody equally because pretty much every single one of us on the face of this earth does throw something away one way or another, So we're going to take a look at that and kind of take a look at how things vary from the United States as opposed to Britain and also the job creation that goes into that. So but before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners, because as usual, we love to see you guys here very much so. So big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Florida, Illinois, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio, Minnesota. Alabama, Washington, Nebraska, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, District of Columbia, also known as D.C., aka Drain the Swamp. Uh, Let's see here, big shout out to Kansas, Mississippi, Rhode Island, Tennessee, North Carolina, let's see, Louisiana, Nevada, New Mexico, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, Alberta, New Hampshire, New Brunswick, Ontario, Connecticut, Wisconsin, Manitoba, Newfoundland, and Labrador, and Hawaii, good to see you. In terms of countries, let's see, China, awesome. <laughs> we finally are reaching out there. So awesome. So China has actually been listening in before this, um, this episode. I found a analytics report where there's a province over there that is listening in. So basically what I do is I take a look at my reports every day or weekly. And, you know, from the beginning of this podcast, my goal was to be heard in the, not only in the United States, but my biggest goal, if I were to be heard outside of the United States, I wanted it to be heard in the Middle East to help women and children over there because they need help escaping Sharia law, especially grown women. It's really terrible over there with human rights violations. And then China. China needs a lot of help um, because they are communists and they have a communist regime, but also their, their people go along with this, whether because they are communists themselves or because they are basically... Forced to be communist, in a way, but here's the thing. China is one of the most populated countries on the face of this earth. I mean, I think India outnumbers them at this point. I have to double-check my stats on that. But you would think that, you know, considering how populated and heavily populated uh, China is, that if their people really want to be free, they would overthrow their government. But they have not done that. So, very interesting there. But anyway, so a big shout-out to China. We love you guys very much. Not the communists, but the good people. Big shout out to Hong Kong, Bangladesh, the Philippines, Uzbekistan, the uh, Federated States of Micronesia, Japan, Denmark, Slovakia, South Africa, India, Niger, Australia, the Netherlands. Let's see here, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Singapore, Canada, and the United States. Okay, so I oh, want a little bit of housekeeping here. So we are launching or posting more and more podcasts and we are going to upload these videos to our YouTube channel. So we are basically reformulating this podcast, and I I don't know if the right word is relaunching or rebranding. I'm not really sure the difference between those things, but just so you know, we are moving things forward, as we always have, but we're just changing some things up a little bit. So FYI, because we are expanding and we are growing, it's a really cool thing, and we are expanding, especially over in Europe. I'm very surprised by that. Because um, I'm just always surprised whenever Europeans want to hear about uh, freedom. Because there are so many Europeans that they do not value freedom and they do not uh, like or respect the United States, much less Americans. But yet, if it wasn't for America, they wouldn't have a country. Because the United States, you know, quite a bit of our money goes into the European economy. And also, there are different countries within the European Union that if ever they need help, oh, guess what? They hold out their hand to the United States. So you would think that they would be appreciative. So I'm just surprised that Europe would want to hear about things like this. But at the same time, (coughs) excuse me, I can kind of see why if their citizens are getting sick and tired of communism, Marxism, fascism or socialism, if they are getting sick and tired of those things, then what do they want? They want freedom. They want liberty. They want democracy. They want true freedom. They want capitalism. They want low taxes. Here's the thing. Europe is the direct opposite of all the things I just mentioned there. So needless to say, Europe is hanging on by a thread, especially their economy. Like if you look at Spain, Portugal, and Greece, they've been in the tank for years, especially Greece. So it's no wonder that they long for something different and they, they want a new beginning. And I don't blame them because I think when you live in a bad situation in a very socialist country, It is like trying to fight City Hall every day of your life because you have instituted and rationalized and legalized socialism. And so the moment you hand over your rights, your liberty, all of that good stuff that belongs to you, whenever you hand that over to your government, to these bureaucrats that don't really love you or care about you, it basically takes an act of Congress to get things to change, and for and basically for you to get your rights back. Is I guess is what I'm trying to say. But anyway, so if you want to subscribe, go right ahead. We we are including that link in every single podcast description. So if you are very much in favor of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, do subscribe. I guarantee you, you will love our material. We are a growing community of basically freedom fighters, and one of the biggest ways. That you fight for freedom is knowledge. You have to be educated. And when I say educate, I don't just mean like going to a public school and things like that, because right now our public school system, at least here in the United States, um, it's kind of a battleground right now, um, especially with critical race theory and these bureaucrats that are in charge of so-called higher education. It's not just an education. Oh, it's higher education. So it must mean more than something else, which it does not. But here's the thing. When I talk about being educated and I say knowledge is power, I'm talking about just knowing your rights. Knowing your rights at a state and federal level and understanding your rights as an American. Because there are so many people that immigrate here illegally. It is irritating because they do not honor, much less respect, the United States. If they're immigrating here illegally, and, you know, they can play their violin all day and all night. That means nothing to me. Because if I have to obey the law, they have to obey the law. That's equality. But there's so many people that come here to the United States, they don't value equality. They just value themselves. Well, that's called being selfish. (laughs) That's called being narcissist. So we have a lot of narcissistic people immigrating here, and we need to kick them out. I'm so sick of it. It gets so old. And what a lot of people don't realize is that the more illegal people you have here in the United States, the greater the burden is. Let me say that again. The greater the burden is, especially on our healthcare system, especially on our natural resources. So if you, if you truly are a green person and you care about environmentalism, then you would not want so many illegal people here. You would not want any illegals to be here. You know, we are not the world's personal slush fund. But unfortunately, there's so many people that they view America as just that because they think, oh, you know, I want a new beginning. That's great. Start a new beginning right where you are. Just because someone wants a better life, that doesn't give you permission to break the law. Like, I, I just don't go along with that. I don't believe in that. I just I just don't think it's right to give yourself permission to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. You know, this is not Outback Steakhouse. No rules just right. I mean, this is not Australia. So, we're not in the, in the sticks, at least. So, just please be aware of that. But if you are very much in favor of constitutional law, and I don't mean bureaucracies, I mean like the Constitution of the United States, you, you are for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and you are for voting rights, Meaning you have to present an ID. <laughs> so if you're for those things and you're for democracy and freedom and capitalism, this is the podcast for you. Subscribe. I guarantee you, you will love it. And you will be a part of a wonderful, growing and blossoming community of basically freedom fighters that, that fight for this country one way or another. And the number one way, again, the number one way to fight for your country and to fight for your freedom is knowledge. It's usually knowledge that the schools right now don't want you to know. They don't want you to know the history of the United States. They don't want you to understand legal immigration. They don't want you to understand voting rights and how they need to be guarded and protected. They don't want you to understand basically the three branches of power within our government. They don't want you to be educated. I'm just talking about even at a basic level. I'm not talking about being a scientist or a doctor or an engineer. And if those are things you want to be, go for it. God bless you and just go for it. But I'm talking about just being aware of your rights as a human being and as a citizen of the United States, because so many people do not understand their rights and because they don't understand their rights and because they're not educated on that, they basically become a doormat. Whether they realize it or not, they become a doormat. And so I'm very anti-doormat on this podcast and just in my life in general. I am anti-doormat. So you need to guard and protect your rights because if, if you do not guard and protect your rights, how can you help somebody else? Those things very much go hand in hand, but for share, subscribe, I guarantee you, you will love the material. It's it's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But again, today we're going to talk about, just briefly, about municipal solid waste. And So think about basically trash or garbage and what all goes into that, because just think about all the jobs that are created to pick that up, to process it, to recycle, and how those things are handled at a city, state, and federal level, and how these things vary from country to country. Kind of thing. Like, just think about how much trash gets picked up here in the United States and how we dispose of it properly. Whereas in India, one of the biggest polluters on the planet, um, then in China, they are some of the most polluted, most disgusting countries. And you might be thinking, well, you know, I've been to India and I visited there and it was great. It was beautiful. We saw what's it called? The Taj Mahal. I've heard all this from other people. I've never been to India, but you know, here's the thing. When you go visit somewhere, It's different when you're there as a tourist, as opposed to living there, being stuck there, and, you know, just not really caring to do what's right in terms of your broken system. So when you're visiting somewhere as a tourist, of course you're only going to see the great and wonderful things. You're only going to see the good parts. You know, here's the thing. India has been a corrupt, evil, wicked country for a long time. They claim to be basically a democracy... Or have a parliament, whatever kind of government they have. I don't remember exactly what they have now, but, you know, India is predominantly pagan. A lot of them practice the caste system, which is very evil. And the reason why the caste system is still a problem is because it's based on the Hindu religion. So Christians are very few and far between in India. Very few. I feel sorry for them, but, you know, they, they live over there, they need to do their best, and they need to help free others from pagan religions. And Hinduism is one of them. Hinduism is so evil. But yet Hinduism, because it's from the East, that I remember going to school and college and, you know, I remember these one students I met, they would brag to me all the time about how they would be, um, basically you would take a course in another country. So it's kind of like exchange student kind of stuff. So they would go to India and say, "Oh, Leslie, you just don't understand how it is over there. It's so enlightening. It's so peaceful. They meditate." I'm like, "Really? What part of India were you going to? <laughs> you know, do you think uh, that the children that live in their their garbage piles are just sitting around meditating and they just love where they live?" No. So again, just that kind of uppityness, just that kind of snobbery. Oh, well, it's, you know, those people over there, they're very enlightened, and they meditate. Really, if they're so enlightened, how come they have so much poverty? How come they look to other countries to fix their problems? And yet they are one of the most heavily populated countries on this planet. They're one of the largest polluters on this planet. And they are extremely pagan. They are horrible to their women over there. And they still operate the caste system. And yet some other people will say, oh, no, we don't have that anymore. Really? Prove it. Prove it, because it's still a problem. You know, The caste system may not be super enforced in the cities, but the caste system is alive and well in their towns and their villages. And that's where it's the biggest problem. Because you have a lot of, I would say, I don't want to call it voodoo, but you have a lot of witch doctors and all, all this crazy pagan stuff out there. Where it's not modern medicine. You don't have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They're very ignorant, although they claim to be educated because their their civilization goes back thousands of years. Well, what's really sad about India is that, yes, their civilization goes back thousands of years, but they haven't really helped their people. They're, they're not really better off in a way. They're, I mean, they... You know, basically, the technology and the inventions that they have are not from people that are Indian. It's from outside. It's from the West. It's not from the East, because if India had stayed how it's always been, there would be way more massive poverty. But see, here's the thing: Christianity. I'm trying to think when when uh, when Christianity kind of made its debut in India. I'm trying to remember which missionaries it was that went over there. There were several groups. But, you know, let me put it this way. If it wasn't for the West and all of our technology, and if it wasn't for Judeo-Christian laws and thinking, the rest of this planet would not be as well off as it is. It just wouldn't. This is why so many countries look to the United States as kind of their personal piggy bank. So, that, so they live this pagan, very cult-like lifestyle that, that basically extremely punishes you for whatever family you're born into, And then if you're a woman, oh, heaven forbid, you be born female. It's ridiculous. They all want sons. I'm like, well, you know what's interesting is that these countries and these, oh gosh, these stupid ways of thinking, they they all want sons, but yet they want to get rid of the girls, and then they make homosexuality pretty much illegal. So it's like, well, if there are not enough women to marry to... Who do you think these men are going to have sex with? Seriously, think about it. You have these really screwed up cultures that shame and blame women time and time again. Did you know that there is a shortage of brides in China? Seriously, there are so many single men in China that they can't find a wife. And they have to buy one, like from another village or something. It's weird. Well, they did that to themselves. There's a one-child law then there, I think China maybe has, they've given them permission of two children. I, I don't remember. Try to remember if that's only for the elitist or if you have to pay for that or not. But anyway, they abort and get rid of so many babies over there, especially little girls, especially little girls. And then they wonder why men have no one to marry. Gee, stop bumping people off that are female. It is—it's just so sick. But I mean, that's the discrimination that occurs against women all the time. You know, what's interesting is that um, the countries that have the most human rights violations and are the biggest polluters on this planet are typically those that discriminate against women and are horrible to children. It's very weird. But kind of not surprising how those things are linked. Because if you don't value all human life, then someone is going to be oppressed while another person dominates. Why am I not surprised? I'm not surprised at all by this. So just FYI, be aware of that. But it says here, municipal solid waste, commonly known as trash or garbage in the United States and rubbish in Britain, is a waste type consisting of everyday items That are discarded by the public. Garbage can also be, can also refer specifically to food waste, as in garbage disposal. The two are sometimes collected separately. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, kind of depends on your city. In the European Union, the semantic definition of mixed municipal waste, um, they give some stupid waste code I don't care about in the European waste catalog. Although the waste may originate from a number of sources that has nothing to do with a municipality, the traditional role of municipalities in collecting and managing these kinds of waste have produced the particular word of municipal. So a lot of these things, when it comes to garbage, it's handled by the city. So needless to say, do double-check your bill and make sure you're not being overcharged for things, especially if you live in an apartment. Um, I have lived in an apartment for a while now, and it's really interesting how the apartment complexes and condo associations or whatever, they basically – they kind of have a contract with whoever they can find to pick up the trash at a basically a apartment community or a homeowner's association, whatever the case may be. And so you don't really get to pick and choose who picks up your trash. So unfortunately, you're kind of stuck with whoever the apartment people pick. And I'm not always a fan of that because there have been times where the company that they pick just doesn't show up, but yet they charge us for a job that they did not do. And then when you call them out on it, you call up the company, which I have done. Like, oh, we can't talk to you. We can only speak to the apartment people. And it's like, no, I am the customer. You talk to me and you can talk to them. If you don't pick up my waste, I'm not paying my bill. So here's the thing. If you don't pay your bill, then it looks bad on you and your credit. But it's like, wait a second. You didn't do your job. Like, what? Well, you know, there was one time our trash bins, these giant metal ones, right? Really large steel structure. It was just overflowing with garbage. It smelled. It was terrible. I mean, it was unbelievably gross. And see, here's the thing, we were paying for them to pick it up, but they were not doing their job. Very frustrating. But yet you have these, basically these waste management companies that I'm not always a fan of them whenever they are run by people that have gone to business schools. Because I've looked up a couple of different waste management companies um, that really monopolize and take advantage of apartment complexes. And so basically what I'm not a fan of is whenever someone has gone to a business college and they have a degree in business, and then they get involved in something like utilities, not for the sake of helping people and doing the right thing, but only for the money. That is greed. That is corruption. It's evil, and I hate it. So there are a couple different companies that I've come across with this that they don't care about people at all. All they care about is money and they have no background in trash management whatsoever. Like they have no, no training in the EPA um, or just any kind of laws or regulations. All they did was they want to control basically your utility bill and you have no choice but to pay them because they've taken over a segment within the private sector. And I'm all for businesses, you know, doing great, doing well, all that good stuff, but when it, when it's greedy, And when they're just getting into that industry just for money, but they have no background in it, I have to question it. I think it's really weird. I mean, it would be like if I became a neurosurgeon and I don't, I've never been to medical school. That's how weird it is. And what's really sad is that when you go to these, some of these companies' websites, They talk about their members and their board members that are a part of this company like, like they are a genius. Oh, you know, they're a guru and you know, they studied business at this college. Like all they're doing is bragging about themselves, but they're not talking about the service that they provide for people, for the customer. I'm like, that is very telling. When all they can talk about is themselves and their degree, which mind you has nothing to do with garbage (laughs) or waste management. I mean, it's just like, wow, this is why they don't give a rat's posterior. This is why they collect the money, but they don't do the job. It's really shady. So, you'd be surprised how many people that live in apartment complexes, they totally get gypped. Totally. Because of companies like this. And again, they're not always through the city. So, that's why there is competition between this. And I do believe in competition, for sure. But unfortunately, when when you get these companies that they just take over something within the private sector, but they have no background in it, I have a big problem with that, because that that is just corruption, and I can't stand it. Um, but there are a couple of different ways. Getting back to this topic, there are a couple of different ways that waste can be classified. So there's biodegradable waste, food and kitchen waste, green waste, paper waste. Although a lot of paper can be recycled, recyclable materials. That's paper, cardboard, glass. Bottles, jars, tank cans, aluminum, uh, aluminum foil, metals, plastic, or certain plastics, textiles, clothing, tires, batteries, etc. Batteries do need to be disposed of properly because they can kind of get toxic sometimes. Then you have inert waste, so that's construction and demolition waste, dirt, rock, the, uh, what's it called, debris. Then you have electrical and electronic waste, so it's electrical appliances, light bulbs, washing machines, TVs, computers, screens, mobile phones, alarm clocks, and watches. Then you have composite waste, and that's waste clothing, tetrapack food. I don't even know what tetra pack is, and then drink cartons, waste plastics such as toys and plastic garden furniture. That's why I'm not always a fan of buying all these toys that are made out of plastic because it's not biodegradable. Like I remember when I was a little kid, Like whenever we would have to be babysat or something, like we'd have to go to someone's house and they're like a professional babysitter. They had all these Fisher Price plastic toys. And initially it's really cool, but they were loaded with bacteria and they smelled. It was terrible. And whenever they start to break down just that plastic, it gets grody and really weird. And so needless to say, I stopped playing with Fisher Price toys because I didn't like them even as a little girl. I didn't like the smell and I thought it was very nauseating, and so I would just read a book or I would play outside. So that's just my personal opinion, because I don't think you need plastic toys like that to raise a child. I think they need a book. I think they need to be educated, and if they need to get up and move around and play, they need to go outside like normal children. Um, then it moves on to hazardous waste includes uh, paints, chemicals, tires, batteries, light bulbs, electrical appliances, fluorescent lamps, aerosol spray cans, and fertilizers. Fertilizers are not always hazardous waste because you know you can always go to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy fertilizer and you know you put that in your yard for your plants and your produce. So it's not always hazardous. I think that's kind of a miswording on this article's part. Then you have toxic waste, which is pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. It's not always toxic if it's made right. Because I think sometimes people get too upset about these different types of pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. I I do acknowledge that the industrial-grade ones should not be sold to the public. Like what really shocked me one year was when um, we had infestation of flies or something here in Oklahoma one summer. When it was really bad, I was like, I can't take this. We had flies, mosquitoes, and then um, something else. What was it? Was it moths? I can't remember. But anyway, so I went to Lowe's, and I was looking for basically a bug spray, a pesticide. I was also trying to protect my plants. I was horrified horrified folks at the big old long aisle of all these pesticides, herbicides and fungicides that can be purchased just over the counter. Excuse me, I have the hiccups. And I was just horrified by that because you know I'm not for overregulation. if anything, I think we should deregulate a lot of things, but this really shocked me how many chemicals were available to the public that should never be available to the public. Because I don't think sometimes people understand what they're using in their home or on their lawn, in the backyard, or just around themselves, their kids, their pets, or, or just their guests or people. I mean, it's just I don't think they fully understand. And so I was very shocked by this, very shocked. I was like, wow, there's a whole lot of stuff I will never buy. And then also you have biomedical waste, and then you have pharmaceutical drugs, expired ones, of course. Um so, it says here, typical municipal solid waste in China is composed of 59.9% food residue, 8.5% paper, 11.2% plastics, 3% textiles, 2% wood waste, and then you have rubber, um, you have rubber, and then you have non-combustibles. But China is one of the biggest polluters on this planet. Um, they are very corrupt. Um, there is a documentary, I've mentioned this before, there's a documentary I saw years ago about, I to remember what it was, it was something to do with farmers over in China, and there was a paper mill, and this paper mill over in China was polluting their streams over there, so, you know, there are so many paper products that are made in China, but China doesn't really care about its citizens, you know, no surprise there, so whenever they're producing these products, they're not doing the right thing, so not only are they putting their people at risk, um, to being exposed to really bad, toxic things while they are producing all these paper goods, but then they are disposing of it in the streams that go down to the villages, and that's water that the villagers use for food and for clothing or washing their clothes and things like that. So their water supply in their village is contaminated, and that was really sad to see that. And You wouldn't think that a paper mill um, would contaminate stuff like that, but it does, so it's not always the best thing. But in terms of components of solid waste management, when it's done right, there are four components. There's recycling, composting, disposal, and waste to energy via incineration. So there are some things that when they are basically trying to recycle waste, um, they can use it for energy if they do it the right way. But they have to dispose of it properly. And there are things that that the EPA says, hey, you you, you can do this. But sometimes you can't do this if you do it the wrong way. So you have to do it the right way. You would think that would be obvious, but needs to say, this is why we have so many super fun sites in the United States that were, you know, in times past, just city dumps. And they were run by the, basically your city or your town and managed by municipal employees, but they were not always trained correctly. And I think that's very unfortunate. And so that's where the private sector comes into play and, They they very much get trained pretty well. What I don't like about private sector trash companies is their executives, their CEOs and their higher-ups, basically the professional paper pushers. They're not the ones that are out there um, getting dirty. Um, They're not the ones doing the job. They're just the ones collecting the money. And so they don't really understand what it means to do a good job and do it well. A lot of these CEOs for these waste management companies – um, let me put it this way. They don't have much integrity because I don't think you can have integrity and then screw people over, especially at apartment complexes. You'll force them to pay a utility bill where they're not actually getting the goods and services. I think that's very evil. But yet if, if Washington were, were to do that, if Washington, D.C. were to do that, oh, there'd be a big to do. Um, if Wall Street were to do that, oh, my gosh, people be like, oh, look, bad CEOs, corporate CEOs strike again. But see, here's the thing. When these people work. In the utility, I would say, sector of the private sector, it, it's like they can do no wrong. And it's like they do wrong every day, and no one calls them out on it. Like, these people should be sued. They should be seriously sued. And I'm not I'm not a fan of frivolous lawsuits because, you know, this is not frivolous. This is serious. These people are saying they're doing a job, but they're really not. And so if they're just letting stuff sit there and rot, that is contaminating basically the environment and it is ruining the place where people live. It's terrible. And plus, it's not healthy to breathe those things in. It's it's really bad and not good. Um anyway, so when they collect these things, they are supposed to separate them. Um, they can do storage and processing. Um, they are supposed to have a way of processing these things so that way it is feasible, it's doable, and it's supposed to be manageable. That's not always the case. It's like I've said in times past, just because recycling is kind of like the, oh, pat yourself on the back, you know, you're doing a good deed kind of thing. Recycling, it's not always as easy as you think. And what you have to remember is that, you know, if ever you buy a plastic bottle or let's say you buy a product and it has that little recycling number on the bottom, I think if I remember correctly, the higher the number goes, the more difficult it is to recycle it. And there are some things that can never be recycled. So just just so you know, just because you throw something away and they tell you or you think it's going to be recycled, that doesn't mean that it necessarily can be recycled. Again, I've said this before, I'm all for steering away from plastic bottles as much as possible. I think we should go back to glass because those things are definitely recyclable and it's definitely a whole lot more manageable as opposed to filling up our landfill and sometimes our oceans with trash and with garbage. And I think it's a terrible thing. What has happened to our oceans, I just think it's really sick. Like I saw a documentary about um, some of the plastics and the garbage that's in our oceans. And sometimes it washes up on this one very beautiful island. And the wildlife there very much suffers the consequences of what we do here. And so it's not just the United States that has been polluting the ocean. I mean, India and China, way bigger polluters, way worse, way, 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 way worse. But no one punishes them. Like that whole Green Deal thing, I think Biden was trying to do. I don't know if it ever went through, but basically um, we we were supposed to sign on with this Paris-France treaty deal or something, some kind of Green Deal. And all it did was punish the United States. It did nothing to punish India or China. And they are two of the biggest polluters. I'm like, you want to solve the, the solution of, of pollution? Go after India and China. Go after them you know this is ridiculous like the united states we actually care about the environment india and china no they do not and the reason why is because they they are pagan people they have pagan cultures they have very corrupt ideologies over there but yet they're seen as i don't know transcendentalists or you know meditation experts or swamis or gurus or something i don't know what but these people are not super enlightened. I mean, if you're going to pollute and ruin the environment, then I don't think you're very smart. I don't think you're very brilliant. And I know you're not a genius because if you're polluting like that, then you don't care that the environment, you know, you're ruining it and you're contaminating the environment. But you're also putting your health and other people's health in jeopardy. I don't think that's very smart. So maybe they could meditate on that, you know, and try and, you know, wake up from their la-la land. Um But there are rules, laws, and regulations about reusing certain items as well as, you know, landfills and how they are supposed to function and operate. Obviously, these things are not always enforced because now we do have some landfills that have made it onto the Superfund site or Superfund list uh, of the United States, and that's really bad. That means, again, that it's a toxic, hazardous site, and it's so bad that it cannot be managed basically locally or by a private firm. So it basically gets put into the hands of the EPA, and the uh, the EPA just uses that as an excuse to collect millions and billions of dollars for their budget, but they're not really cleaning things up, so what else is new? This is what happens whenever you put big government in charge of things. So I kind of feel like sometimes we have problems with local government and then sometimes big government, like the federal government. You know, you want to believe that things are good and true, and you want to believe that they care and that they're going to do the right thing, but that doesn't always happen. Does that mean we give up? No. Does that mean we look the other way? No. It means we call them out and we say, hey, if you're going to do your job, you need to do your job and do it well. And everything you do, you need to do with integrity. Right now, the EPA and some of these municipal companies – they are not doing their job and they're not doing it well, but yet they want the benefits, they want the money, they want the retirement. And a lot of these workers that are in waste management, that basically the ones that are getting their hands dirty, this is not the CEOs we're talking about or the people that work in HR. You know, Paper pushers are not in unions. The people that, that actually do the work and get their hands dirty, especially in this field, they are definitely unionized. And unfortunately, because they're unionized, there, there are so many things that these workers, I understand they have it tough, but they are not being held accountable for the work that they are not doing and for the problems that they are creating. So here's the thing. Whenever you have unionized jobs, their jobs are so protective, it's insane. It's above and beyond what is normal. And here's the thing. There are so many people that once they kind of get that cushy job, that's when they slack off, and that's when they don't do what's right. Well, when it comes to trash and municipalities and things like this, They have to do what's right. Like we're talking about garbage. We're talking about bacteria. We're talking about waste, sometimes very toxic waste. You know, do we really want to go back to the day basically during the dark ages of Europe and just back in history anyway, like even further back than that, where people just threw their sewage out in the street out the window and it just ran down uh, basically the curb or the sidewalk of life within their towns and villages. And so needless to say, every time you're walking in and out of your house, you would be stepping in. Poop. I wanted to say a different word, but I'm trying to use nice language here. You're basically stepping in feces and urine and vomit and all those bad things. Well, here's the thing. We have a a trash system that works. But in order for it to work, the people that do that job, they have to get to work and they have to do it right. They have to do it well. Again, I'm all for people making really good money, really good money. I think that's great. But if they're not doing the job, they don't deserve that money. It's kind of like whenever you have professional paper pushers. If they're not the ones who are really doing the work, I don't understand why they're making millions of dollars. I don't get that. Like, they're not actually doing um, anything important. They're just sitting there pushing a button. Well, you know what? Even a homeless person could do that. So why not give that job to a homeless person? Help them get off the street and help them have a better job. So needless to say, I think that your your pay should reflect your labor. And there are so many professional paper pushers that go to business colleges and things like that, yes, they know business, but they don't have ethics. They don't have morals, and they don't have common sense. What they do know is they know how to work the system. And again, I'm all for big business. I think big business is great. What I don't like is whenever they use that as an excuse to do unethical, illegal, and immoral things. Because you have to remember, like my policy is everything I do has to be legal and moral. Because just because something is legal does not mean it is moral. So needless to say, whenever I was looking up some of these trash companies that are in the private sector, I'm like, wow, some of these are just as corrupt as your local city dump. They are just as corrupt. But yet they claim, oh, we're better than the city. Really? Prove it. Prove it. Prove you're better. How about instead of of being a professional paper pusher, you get out there and do the work? I mean, you went to college. I mean, you're supposedly super-educated. Like, you can't, you can't pick up a wrapper off the floor because you're too good to do that. Like, this is the mentality of some of these people. And again, not everybody that goes to a business college is bad, but I'm just noticing a very dangerous trend that people that go to business colleges, they come out of there just basically like a wolf of Wall Street. I think it's way worse than Wall Street. I really do. Because I'm noticing there are more and more people that go to those colleges They they get out of college, and then all they do, they don't help people. They just try and take over uh, different industries uh, within the private sector, and they raise the cost of goods. That's not good business. That's bad business. Who are they to make that decision? Who are they to do that? And what really irritates me is they go for the throat. You know how they go for the throat? They go for your utility bill, and they jack it up. It's usually with a service fee or a processing fee or a management fee. They don't tell you what exactly that stuff is paying. It's just automatically tacked on to every bill, every bill, every bill. Really, how are you managing my waste? How are you managing my utility bill? Why don't you tell me? Why don't you call me up or email me and tell me how exactly are you doing that? Would it help if I just managed my own bill so I could save some money? How about this? How about I do your job? How about that? How about I be a professional paper pusher? You know, if it goes both ways, it goes both ways. But see, here's the thing. A lot of these people that work for these companies, they pat themselves on the back. Look at all the good that we, uh, that we do. And then another thing they do is they they basically vote for themselves as the best place to work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All they do is vote for themselves. They get their employees to vote for. It's like, okay. <laughs> That's not a true indicator that that is a great place to work, because if if you're the one that's just voting for yourself, wow, arrogante, my goodness. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a second. But when I found out that they could just vote for themselves on those awards, I was like, oh, wow, now I see the arrogance even more. So he to say, whenever you see that title, you know, best place to work, voted, you know, gives to most charities or vote by the community that they're, they care about the community. B.S. B.S. I don't believe it. If they are screwing people over on utility bills, that is not a good company. That is not a good place to work. And they, they are not a good endeavor for the community because they're basically screwing your community over. And what I find to be very interesting about these companies, these business people, they know how to look good in the spotlight. They know to give to a certain organization to have that, that basically that photo picture, you know, that photo op, and for it to look like, oh, you know, we, we've decided to give you know, $5,000 or whatever to this organization, and you know, they've got the handshake in front of the camera, and they know how to make it look really good. Here's the thing. That money that they're giving away does not belong to them. It belongs to the consumer. It belongs to the client. It belongs to the customer. And that money that they're so-called giving away, uh, the kindness of their heart, they stole that from the customer via their utility bill with all these management fees. All these management fees. And it's like, wow, so they're not really into charity. They're just using other people's money to make themselves look good. Another reason why they do that is so that they get more investors. And again, I'm all for investing in things, but I think this is very corrupt what these people are doing. They're saying, hey, we're out in the community. We care about people. Look how much money we give away. You know, Whatever we take in, we give back. It's like, really, well, why don't you give the money back to the people you took it from? You know what I mean? Like, why don't you start doing what's right? Like, I am not fooled. By newsletters, emails, magazines, photo ops, the, these stories. Oh, we care about the community. Oh, we care about these poor people. You you want to know how they don't really care about poor people? Because these, <laughs> these companies that claim to care about poor people, they're one of the first ones to shut off their utilities if that poor person doesn't pay. Ooh, kind of stings, doesn't it, to be told the truth? See, I'm not fooled by this. I'm not fooled by, by the suits. The ties, the, the HR managers, um, you know, the, the French manicures, and you know, the, the college business degrees or whatever, the MBA or the master's in this, the master's in that. I'm not fooled by this at all. It's about money. It is so about money. It is not about doing what's right. It is about money. And I get so sick and tired of this. And here's the thing. They actually had a really good, genuine idea. Let's help people manage their utility bills. And let's see if we can make it cheaper by creating a competition. Here's the thing. It was a lie because they didn't actually implement that. All they did was take over a certain segment within the private sector, and then they raised the rate, first of all. Then they tack on all these fees. So it's not actually helping people. It's not creating competition. It's limiting competition. Just think about people that live in apartment complexes. You know, We don't get to pick who our utility companies are. We, we don't get any choice in that. We don't get to pick... Basically, who our Internet is through, although you might have some leeway with that, but it, it kind of depends on if they have fiber optics and if they can run a line. You don't get to pick the utility company. You don't get to pick the electric company, the gas company, the phone company, or the water company, or water, trash, and sewer, whatever. You don't get to pick those. Someone picks it for you, and then they say, hmm, pay us. You don't pay us. We're shutting you off. We're going to send you to collections, and then we're going to ruin your credit. So it's like, you either do what we want or else. Huh. Is that the role of any utility company? No. No, it's not. It's evil, it's cruel, it's wicked. It's horrible. See, that is what is called a corrupt business model. And what do you know? It's people that graduate from business colleges with business degrees that have gotten involved in the energy sector, in the utility company sector. They get involved in this stuff. And again, They are not educated in in utilities or power plants or electricity or water or trash or sewer. They only have a business degree. You know what? You have a business degree? Go work on Wall Street. See how that works out. Because here's the thing. Wall Street, you have to remember, folks, Wall Street is heavily regulated. Utility companies, woo, hardly ever regulated like Wall Street. It's kind of like the wild, wild west, and a lot of people don't know this, but seriously, check out your utility bills, every single one of them. See what those fees are and see what the rate is and see how much it's gone up since 2019, ever since COVID-19 or whatever. There are so many companies that have used the pandemic as an excuse to raise rates. Oh, well, you know, we suffered too, you know, We've got to raise our rates because, you know, COVID really, it really hurt us as well. BS. A utility company suffered during COVID-19? You're one of the ones that always gets paid. People have to pay their utility bills. I don't believe you suffered during COVID-19. You know who suffered? Your customers, your clients, the people who are paying your cushy paychecks. That's who suffered. This just gets so old when people who are making a lot of money, play their violin, and then give themselves permission to steal from the poor. I normally don't say things like that. But in this case, it is totally true because these utility companies, they are using every excuse, every violin, every cello, every viola. They're they're using every stringed instrument they can to whine, complain, and say, oh, we've got to raise our rates. Oh, really? Well, why don't you just give back some of your pay? Why don't you? Why don't you use some of your commissions, or why don't you use uh, basically your pay advancements and your raises to pay for the company's problems? Oh, let me guess. You don't want to do that, do you? You don't. Why? Because you've already spent the money that you took from somebody else. Gee, why am I not surprised? This happens all the time within utility companies, all the time, especially in waste management. Oh, let us help you. You know, we can handle your waste. We we can take care of that. Just pay us this fee. Right. Right. And, you know, that, that whole, I can't stand that phrase. We're in this together. So many people said that and used that quote during COVID-19 and after COVID-19. I'm so sick of it. It's like, really, if we're in it together, how come there are more poor people? <laughs> how come we have a huge increase in homelessness. You know, are we really in it together if we have more people suffering? I don't think so. I don't think so. So if these so-called business people with these utility companies or waste management companies actually care about community, then why don't they lower their rates, stop overcharging, and why don't they give back the money that they stole? Give it back to the clients. Give it back to the customers. See, all they're doing is they are using your hard-earned cash, your money, to prop themselves up as a pillar in the community. Oh, we care about women. Oh, we care about children. Oh, we care about the lost. Oh, we care about the homeless. Oh, we care about the veterans. We care about the cripple. We care about the blind. You know, we, we care about the disease. They will use any segment of the population to cushion and advance their agenda, and their paychecks and and line their pockets. And they're doing it with other people's money. It sickens me. You know, these companies, it's not like they invented the wheel. It's not like they invented a generator or something. And again, I'm all for private sector companies, but these people did not invent anything. They took something. There's a difference. I mean, mean, take a look at Apple, like Steve Jobs. You know, I'm not a big fan of him because I think he's a horrible human being just in general. But what he did to advance Apple was really unique. He didn't actually do the work. He was just cruel to the engineers and didn't pay them very much and, you know, just kind of encouraged slave labor overseas. But anyway, so Apple actually invented something. Apple computers, Apple technology, all that, like that's an actual invention. Utility companies, they didn't invent anything. They just pick up trash. Or they provide electricity or water, trash, and sewer, whatever the case may be. Like they didn't actually invent anything. So these business people from these business colleges, they're just taking over something that they know nothing about. Absolutely nothing. That's why they don't care to do what's right. That's why they don't have ethics. That's why they don't have morals. That's why they don't have values. Oh, unless it comes to their life and their families and their vacations, their benefits, you know, them going on a cruise, their little ski trips. Of course, that's important to them, right? But guess what? Guess who's paying all those benefits? Guess who's paying their paychecks? Guess who's paying for all those trips to the Bahamas, to Europe? We are the consumer. We, you know, our money is lining their pockets. I don't agree with that because they're not actually doing any work. All they did was find a niche where they could get away with a lot, a lot. Because, again, it's not regulated. It's not regulated like Wall Street. It's like I've said in times past And I close with this. If you want to look for real greed, You need to look every place else except Wall Street because Wall Street is heavily regulated and sometimes overly regulated. It's very intensely regulated. I'm not a fan of that. So if you want to find the problems, look everywhere else except Wall Street. Unless, of course, these companies are listed on the New York Stock Exchange. (laughs) Come to find out, some of these companies, they are listed on the New York Stock Exchange, and so they have investors. And so they want to look real good to investors. Ooh, photo op time, HD makeup, make sure those women folk have French manicures and false eyelashes, and make sure they say, oh, we stand solidarity with our employees, and make sure you have a woman saying it, because if a woman says it, oh, it must be believable. Yeah, right. Do you have any idea how many HR managers are women and they're horrible? They're like snakes. They're vipers. You can't trust anything that comes out of them. Because they talk out both sides of their face. Men use women all the time, especially in business. Especially in business. So just because you see that a woman is a higher up, that doesn't mean they value her. That doesn't mean they think she has a brain. And that doesn't mean that she actually can do the job. She might just be uh, being used just like a charity that gets money. Um, She might just be being used for a photo op. Oh, look, we have a woman. You know, we we very much value women and, you know, us men. We stand in solidarity with women. And, you know, we very much believe in promoting people regardless of their gender. See, we have all these women that are higher ups. This proves we care. B.S. B.S. It's just unbelievable. I'm like, really, do you think we're going to fall for that? Come on. I'm saying this, I'm not even a feminist. I'm just a humanist. I just I, mean, I just believe in basic human rights and equality and just treat others how you want to be treated. <laughs> so, needless to say, um, let me put it this way. It's very rare I meet a female higher up or, or an executive that I actually thought deserved to be there or that I thought um, could actually do the job. A lot of them can't. A lot of them don't. But they love the money. Oh, they love that money. They love that money. Buys them shoes, buys them the fancy makeup that the, that the peons below them can't afford. Pays for all those trips to the Bahamas. Oh, living the high life. Yeah, basically off the blood, sweat, and tears from someone else's back. You know, just because you know, a woman wears a suit, that doesn't mean she's professional. That doesn't mean she's intelligent. It's just like men. Like just because they're wearing a suit and they tell you what you want to hear, and it seems right and sounds right, that doesn't mean that their intentions are right and that they actually care. Because it's like I said times past, the proof is in the pudding. And the last person or the last people I trust in a business are women. Women can be very evil, very vindictive. I think they're worse than men. You know what's interesting about men Men protect each other. They have that stupid phrase, bros before hoes. Of course, that just makes you sound like a man whore. So maybe if you're a guy, you shouldn't really practice that kind of stupid theology because it just really means that you're easy and you're probably carrying a lot of diseases that you're giving to multiple women because you're the skank. So good luck with that. But, you know, men, at least they they always value their bros before their hoes. And if anything, they, they don't value their hoes. So, men, they actually sit together, even if they don't like each other they i mean it's like a baseball team or a football team I mean, just think about all the the football players in the n f l that have just beat the tar out of their women, and yet their fellow <coughs> excuse me their fellow football players don't call them out on it. Guess what they do? We stand in solidarity. Against domestic violence. Really? Did you punch that guy in the face? Did you tell him, "Hey, stop beating your wife, stop beating your girlfriend"? No. They just go. They just put out a public um, a public announcement, um, basically saying, "Oh, we are against domestic violence, and and you should be against it too." Really, does that mean that the person that commits domestic violence, does that mean that they got fired? Oh, no, they're not fired. They're, they're still working for the NFL. They're still on an NFL football team because their talent and their, their millions of dollars is more important than doing what's right. Come on, folks. Wake up. Wake up to this and get this. The NFL, guess who it's run by? Business-minded people. Gee, Where have we seen that problem before? Oh, waste management companies. You know, it's interesting is that NFL players, they have cushy contracts. Like, basically, they have to kill somebody before they get fired. Because they know how to shut people up. Their agents do that. And the whole NFL corporation, company, whatever it is, they value money more than they do human life. Just look at how they conduct advertising. It's no big surprise it's about the money. Because if the, if the NFL actually valued human life, the moment one of those players beats a woman, they're fired and they are no longer hireable. It should be immediate termination. If the NFL actually did that, They would have way better players on their teams, and it would be understood, you cannot work for us if you ever hit a woman like that. And you will be permanently fired, and you will not be hireable at all in this industry. But they don't do that. They put him on probation. Oh, he's really sorry. Why? Because he got caught? He's not the one with the black eye, the broken arm, busted up face. You know what they do? They put him on probation. He loses all oh, a million or two because he's not playing a couple games. Oh boo-hoo, now he can't buy a boat. He can't he can't go to the strip clubs. So he gets basically put on probation, and if it's bad enough, he gets temporarily fired, but then he'll just get picked up by another team. Wow. Isn't wow, gosh. Is that standing in solidarity? Hmm, with the bros still looking down on the hose, But it's not protecting women whatsoever. It's not saying, hey, we actually value people. We actually value all human life. These guys, they're not being molded into gentlemen. They're not being molded into being a family man. It, it, it's, it's not like that. <laughs> it's, they're, they're not, it's so sad to me how many young people, especially young men, look up to these football players like, like they're gods. I'm like, wow, looking to the wrong person for advice. And then you have all these young men that think, oh, that's the kind of life I want. I want all these women. I want to do drugs. I want to drink. I want to play all this rap music that's probably going to make me go deaf. And I want to be cool. Yeah, um, that doesn't really work like that. Basically, these young men are looking to these older men as basically like their dad or something. I want to be like that. This is why we have so many young men that do not know how to treat women with respect or honor or dignity. You know that hashtag Me Too movement? That was nothing new. It's just that it hit the front page. I mean, like, what else is new with women being raped and sexually assaulted? No one believes them. They get shamed and blamed. And they get told to be quiet. I mean, it's just, like, what else is new? But my point is this. The NFL is just as corrupt as these waste management companies. They're just as corrupt. So here's the thing. How many ads have you seen where the NFL is like, well, you know, we're going to start a summer camp for, you know, poor teenagers and the poor kids and those that have had a really rough life and they come from the bad part of town. Gee, it's just a PR move, folks. It's PR because if the NFL and if those players actually valued human life, they would stop beating women and kids. And they would be fired immediately if ever they hit someone like that. But no, the NFL says, "Oh, look at the good we're doing. Oh, we're going to give five hundred thousand here. We're we're going to give a million over here. And here, here's the thing, folks. You know, we stand solidarity, and you know, we're going to protect those kids. Oh, so let me guess. So you're only protecting the kids that aren't yours because you didn't beat them. You just beat your own. Oh, we're we're going to give to all these domestic violence groups and you know these safe houses. Oh, so you mean you're going to give money." To places where the women you beat didn't go to? Is that right? Is that how it goes? So you're only only gonna do what's right when when it hits the front page. You're only gonna do do what's right when it makes you look good. You're, You're only gonna do what's right when there's money involved. Where's the photo op? Let's strike a pose. Let's bring in a bunch of poor kids and, you know, make it look real good, like feed the children or feed the hungry or whatever it's called. Don't fall for the photo ops, folks. Like, it's it's unbelievable the things that people pull. And it's like, wow, if you look beyond the surface, you will see what is really there. And it's not always good. Because I always find it odd whenever someone keeps putting out advertisements and promotions about, hey, look at what I do. I'm important. I give all this money. I volunteer. I put up signs everywhere saying that, hey, I'm in charge of this street because I actually go out and clean it up. I find that very odd. Because back in the day, people didn't have to put their name on a sign just to care or, or to do what's right. Now it's everywhere. People just give themselves plaques all the time. I'm like, wow, um... Well, you're definitely keeping those companies in, in business that make those plaques and make those signs. So I guess it's helping the private sector one way or another. But I just think it's very odd when people have to promote themselves like that, especially when they are the ones who are committing the crime. So needs to say, I don't always trust people that give money away like that because I always wonder, is it really their money to give? And I'm like, what is their connection to that charity? I question it. I question that stuff all the time. Because I've seen so much that doesn't look right. Because I don't believe that you can actually care about community when you go home and you beat your wife to a pulp. I don't believe that you care about grade schoolers when you whip your child to the point they become unconscious or they are bruised or they're bleeding. I don't believe that. I just don't fall for it. So needs to say, you know, be careful where you give to, and question it. Really question it. Like there's a really good website. I think it's try if it's something dot org. There's a. There's a website that they have a rating system of charities, and that's if they have all the information, right? Because for all I know, maybe they think the NFL is great, but then it's like, okay, you, you, you cannot think the NFL is great, but yet all this stuff has come out about what their players do to women. And I haven't even scratched the surface about how many of these NFL players have raped women and have never gone to prison. Because, again, bros before hoes. Wow. you know, I wonder how the God of Abraham, you know, what, what he thinks about that. I wonder what the God of Abraham thinks about these men beating these women like that. I wonder if the God of Abraham is fooled by the, these photo ops with these charities. I think we already know what he thinks. And I think we already know he's not fooled. And I'm thankful for that. Very thankful for that. You know, it's whenever I come across really horrible stories like what I've seen in times past, Especially when it comes to women being hurt. I am so thankful for my faith. I really am. Because I know of God before me, who dare be against me? And I know that nothing escapes the God of Abraham. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And he grants justice to those that have been persecuted. And those that have been oppressed and harmed. And I will say this. Some people, they think, well, let God handle it. That's his job. They have that kind of flippant attitude. It's like, you know, God does take care of things, yes. But did you know that he holds us responsible for what, for what we do and what we don't do? You know, God, i trying to think of the best way to describe this. We worship the one true God, yes. But it's because we worship the one true God that we have the responsibility to do what's right every day. And doing what's right every day means that everything we do, we do with integrity and we don't look the other way. Which is why on this show, we call out everything that is bad and evil. And we say it like it is. We say it like it is because knowledge is power. Because when you are ignorant, you don't know which end is up. Here's the thing. You have every right to know which end is up. You have every right to not be a doormat. But here's the thing. You have to walk in that. Like you have to, you have to walk towards what you want. It's not always just given to you. Sometimes you have to fight for it. Just like freedom fighters, you have to fight for your freedom sometimes. And again, one of the ways that you can fight for your freedom is with knowledge. It's a beautiful thing. Don't ever throw, excuse me, don't ever throw away your mind. Don't ever throw away your hopes, your dreams. Don't ever throw away your energy. Don't waste your time on bad stupid people. Don't waste your time on fear or anxiety. Go for what is good and true, and knowledge is one of those things that is good and true. Because when you know the truth, not only will you set not only will it set you free, it will enlighten you and it will give you courage. Those things are very important. Very important. Because I know for me personally, there's nothing more disappointing than whenever I see corruption just like within a utility bill or something. I'm like, really, this again? Really? And I kind of feel like some of these business people, they they just view states like Oklahoma like we're just a a bunch of dumb, stupid hicks. I'm like, whoa, you're wrong. You'd be surprised how many of these business people, they love to take advantage of people that they think are below them. Oh, they're just those stupid hicks in the middle of the United States. They won't know what we're doing. Want to bet? You want to bet? Here's the thing. These people that think they've gotten away with taking our money, they haven't gotten away with anything. Because I got news for them. Whatever they steal, God will make them pay. And God will make them pay a hundredfold. So needs to say, maybe they should wake up and realize it doesn't pay to be a thief. It doesn't pay to be a crook. But see, here's the thing. You, even if you tell them that, they're still going to think it's all about them. And they're going to think you're crazy. Because they, they have it in their mind that they cannot be caught. They're just like these NFL players that get away with being the tar out of these women and raping them. They have it in their mind that because they make so much money, they're untouchable. And they don't have to pay for what they did wrong. Just because they think that way, that doesn't mean it's true. There are rules, laws, and regulations in this country and in every state and our territories as well of the United States, you have to honor those laws. No company and no person is too big to fail. And I'm thankful for that. Because I think it's high time we start holding more people and more companies accountable for the stuff that they do. Because these things I see people doing and companies doing, that is just wrong and evil. It's not the American way. It's not godly. It's not holy. And it just disgusts me. I'm saying this as a Republican capitalist. You'd be surprised how many Republicans get so frustrated with these bad people that they, they work the system. It's like the system is not there to be worked like that. The system is there for you to honor it so that, so that there is equality. But if we, if we continue to allow these people to just work the system... Basically, you can kiss your equality goodbye because the more you allow these crooks to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, the more difficult it is and the longer it takes to hold them accountable. It's like a cold case file or something. It shouldn't take 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years to hold bad people accountable. It shouldn't take that long. It should be immediate. It should be, hey, we're on to you, we're pressing charges, and you're going to be arrested really soon. That's what it should be. Justice should be swift. It should be quick. And here's the thing, that's how it normally is. But the longer you let corruption grow and fester, it's kind of like the trash that doesn't get picked up. The longer you let it sit there, the worse it gets, the more it smells, and the bigger the problem you have. It's kind of like these super fun sites. The longer you let something toxic sit out there in the environment, the more it contaminates the environment. And the more it contaminates, the longer it takes to clean it up. And the more damage has been done. So needless to say, do everything with integrity. Do everything with integrity. Don't ever, ever settle less for less than God's best. He loves you so much. I will go ahead and end it there, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.